This is the Remarkable Business Show on Remarkable.fm. I'm John Moss and this is episode six. Cyclist, skier, international fugitive and all-round curious guy. Here's the latest edition of the Remarkable Business Show with your host, John Moss. Welcome to the show. It's good to have you back. And if you are a first-time listener, a special welcome to you. Now, you might know that I write a regular newsletter called The Bulletin. If you don't know about this, you're going to find out now. The subscribers are growing and the open rate on the emails is just above 70%, which I think is pretty good. So when you first sign up, you get an ebook as well. And I cover productivity, diet, nutrition and some of my favourite apps and software. The actual email I send out around once a month and it's jam packed with just good, interesting reading, which I found during the last few weeks. So please give it a go. Head on over to theappleofmyeye.com slash newsletter. You can unsubscribe with one click if you don't like what I write, and I'm never going to pass on your details to anybody. But give it a go, and if you're already a subscriber, please tell someone. I'm recording this in the home studio at just after 10 o'clock in the morning, and I've been out for a nice brisk walk for about half an hour listening to some podcasts. So if you are listening to this while you're walking, a special hello to you. And I'm just absolutely staggered, to be honest, about some of the news that's come out today from Public Health England. And that's 41% of the 15.3 million English adults who are aged 40 to 60, so middle ages, they walk less than 10 minutes continuously each month. And you wonder why we have such a problem with health and obesity in this country. It's just incredible. So I'm interested actually to know what your morning routines are. I'm actually trying to get up and walk every morning. I also do a little bit of journaling. I write about this on the um, the ebook um, in the bulletin as well. And it's just something that I'm really trying to get into the consistency and the continuity of getting up and starting the day in a really good way. Now, if you are interested, there is a book called The Miracle Morning by a guy called Hal Elrod. And I'd really recommend to read that if this is something that sort of rings true to you. I'm a firm believer that if you start the day off, you know, in a chaotic way, in a stressed way, you're rushed, that's kind of where the day is going to head. It's not a good way to start. Whereas if you get a little bit of margin, you've got a bit of breathing space, you might get yourself a nice coffee, you go for a walk. Okay, I realise this isn't, um, you know, everybody can't do this, but it's certainly something that you can try and do, especially if you work for yourself or you work from home. It just makes such a massive difference. My guest in today's show is Brendan Dawes. Now, Bren is an incredible guy, a remarkable guy even. And we go back to 2010 when Bren spoke at the whole digital live conference I ran. And we've always got on really well. We've clicked. We've got a lot of common interests on the same page. And whenever we chat on Skype or on the phone, we are on there a long time. Now, Brendan is an artist and a designer, and he explores the interaction of objects, people, technology and art using form and code. And he's got a kind of eclectic mix of digital and analog materials he uses for some of these projects. He's also the author of two books on interaction design. His work is featured in the permanent collection of New York's Museum of Modern Art and has been honoured in awards including Fast Company Innovation by Design, Information is Beautiful and DNAD. Now his client list is pretty impressive. It includes Airbnb, Google, Twitter, Cancer Research UK and MailChimp and that's just a few of them. Now we got together a few months ago in Manchester and we had a wide ranging conversation about tech, travel, Japan, 
data, businesses, software. We covered a lot of stuff. I know you're going to enjoy it, though. Bryn is without a shadow of doubt a person I really admire, someone remarkable, enjoying life and doing exceptional work. Sit back and enjoy our chat. Accessible, authentic and useful. The Remarkable Business Show speaks to remarkable people. (laughs) We've been setting up for a little while. This is um, the John Moss um, learning how to use quite nice audio equipment but we've had a, we've had a little bit of fun i'm sitting here with my very good friend Mr. Brendan, Dawes. brendan Dawes, <laughs> who has the best actually i noticed this this morning or, or yesterday i think it has a fantastic um url shortener at dawson <laughs> which, <laughs> which is just fantastic i've got john m dot me i think yeah. if i remember rightly but yeah dawson's pretty, yeah it's just pretty yeah <laughs> So, so Brendan and I are in Manchester today. It's just started raining, which is a bit, mm. bit of a shame, but we're in an incredibly funky meeting pod in central Manchester at a place called Neo. And you know this place pretty well, don't you, Bren? So I do. Before we, get, before we go into Neo, yeah. and you've got something quite special here, do you want to just tell the listeners who you are, what you do? And it's not just parties and bar fences. No. <laughs> Lots of other, lots of other good things. <laughs> yeah, so. discos generally. Yeah, um, I, I'm a designer and artist, and I guess I'm known uh, for working with data quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't call myself a data visualizer, but I use that as a as a material, um, like other people might use, you know, clay or paper or something like that. Um, so. I do a lot with data visualization. I make installations, print pieces, all sorts of different things, apps, you know, anything digital and analog, electronics, I do electronic stuff. And so, yeah, it's, uh, and I've been working for myself for the last five years. And before that, I was creative director of a design agency here in Manchester, doing a lot of large scale web stuff for people like the BBC and cool people like diesel people like that so a very long and varied career but five years on your own doing mm-hmm. some pretty funky stuff and that we we came into reception a few minutes ago and there is your latest installation down there called fermata it is yeah and it's uh, it, it, uh, i didn't expect it to be so big it's it's huge yeah. it's, it's how many screens there's 30 screens each one is a, a 50 inch HD screen and it sits in reception it's a purpose-built uh, video wall that goes around the um, elevators and it's a visualization of the sort of ebb and flow of the building so when Neo was built uh, or this building was sort of um, revamped into this this really beautiful creative space that we have now I was asked to do the first artwork on on that in that space on those on those video screens and it's on for three months and it takes data so it takes like the weather information and the energy of the building and and creates a visual based on that it also anyone passing the sensors they trigger the sensors and it looks at what colors they're wearing and, and creates these particles that then zip around the whole piece and it's called fermata because in musical notation a fermata is a note that should be held beyond its normal duration and so the idea of this the artwork is people come into a building and it's kind of a fleeting thing where they pass the reception my piece sort of captures their movement and makes those moments last longer so they leave the sort of digital scars 
on this piece. So it's all those data feeds and Twitter as well. So Twitter's represented certain hashtags, create these weird spherical spiky spheres. Yeah. I wondered what they yeah. were. Yeah. So it's all very abstract. But yeah, it's and um, we had a big launch with 300 people um, at the end of February, had a big party out here. And so we're on the first floor veranda and it's an outdoor space. And we're in one of the two meeting pods where it's people who work smart. here. Yeah, it's in sort of something like out of a sci-fi movie. We've got heating, yeah. power, it's got a sliding door. It which has, we, which we, is we, quite we, difficult really, to open once you're in. It's quite heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of us are kind yeah. of blessed uh, with um, Herculean uh, muscles. But, no. um, it's a very cool space. Yeah, it's cool. So I thought it would be a nice spot to record this podcast. It's a perfect spot to record the, the show as well. And um, it's just nice to catch up because we've known each other for how many years? Since 2010, maybe? Yeah. And yeah. Brendan spoke at um, my conference, HD Live, um, which I ran in 2009, 2010 and 2012. And you did a fantastic session, which is available on Vimeo still, if I remember correctly. Yes, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Under the HD Live um, tag. So I will put that link in the show notes. Yeah. So you've sort of done all manner of things. You used to speak quite a lot, didn't you, at conferences? You were, yeah, you were, you were I, in demand. And I, I, st- I still, I still do. I, I did a keynote in New York this year at the big IXDA conference. Uh, about three thousand people. Wow, how was uh, that? Amazing. Yeah, it was really good. Fantastic. It's, Nervous? No, I, I, I like when I'm on stage. I really like it. You know, I, I kind of get nervous. You want it to go well, and you want to do a good job because you know the people there deserve that. So, yeah. and just a lot of very clever brilliant people attend that thing so that was great and then i've got a few more in this country this year possibly in detroit at the end of july and then next year i've got one called off which is a big arts festival three thousand plus people in barcelona it's been going a long time i've done it before but i'm returning next year their stage is huge and it's another three thousand one it's a brilliant really cool and you just talk about your work and stuff so yeah i do i've tried to cut down on the speaking because the it takes up a lot of time and you know the older you get the more you sort of miss home and but i've been very lucky i've been doing i've been speaking for 25 years now so so you started when you were five yeah (laughs) i wish yeah no no it's got me you know i'm very lucky you know i've been able to see the world from like alaska and japan and all all done through talking yeah two places i want they're on the the old moss bucket list well tokyo is amazing alaska i can take a leave it's if you, oh, like, if you like the, the cold, I, yeah. I want the skiing. Well, if you like the skiing, I, I don't like anything like that. But so Alaska to, is, yeah. is the, the place on really? the planet for heli skiing. So out of Haines, Alaska, really is the sort of the big heli ski operation. Right. So if you see a big, cool ski movie with kind of pumping music yeah. and someone going down what they call spines, like massive like mountains or peaks that's yeah. generally in Alaska. Is it? Right, okay. I went to uh, Fairbanks and Anchorage. And it was minus 16 Oof. when I was there. And apparently that was quite warm. Yeah. So, yeah. It was you know, it was beautiful people and a great experience. But I'm not rushing to go back. And talk um, about Tokyo. Tokyo is... I would live there. It is mind-blowing. Yeah. Why is it so good? I think the, the, the culturally the people are so... I mean, you hear this a lot. But even though it's um, an incredibly busy place, there's a sort of serenity to it which is hard to describe. Everyone is still very polite, even though it's manic. 
yeah. in certain you know Shibuya or, or these the various places. Um, I just culturally it just connected with me. I thought it was amazing. The, my only thing was I wasn't there very long, so I want to go back and spend more time there. And I think you would you would absolutely love it. Uh, and obviously the technology and there was a great one of the big markets there. And there's like a shop that just sells buttons, right. so you could buy like and I'm talking like electronic buttons. So you could just buy like a quarter of. <laughs> it was just it was just like my heaven and uh, oh so yeah gosh. that was really really cool so yeah highly highly recommend it so i want to take my wife there and and really explore it a lot more yeah I, I'm, I'm the same i i, I lived in asia for right. um for for a, quite a quite a while um a long time ago in thailand and then malaysia singapore and then hong kong briefly but never never got to mm. japan i'm a massive fan of kind of the japanese brands and the yeah. level of detail yeah. whether that's um notebooks or pens through yeah. to some of the clothing one of my favorite brands is loop wheeler right i don't know, right. I don't know that one so no. loop wheeler they make sweatshirts and other sort of garments but they they do it out in a special special process and they have one of the only machines in the world that makes a sweatshirt out of one piece so there's no seams <laughs> right. around the body wow. so, they, so it's yeah. incredible weaving if you if you if people um again i'll put it in the show notes if i can find the video the actual machine that they have is, is just extraordinary yeah. but yeah i want to i want to go and explore japan it, uh, yeah. I, it sort of appeals to yeah japan. i think it would be everything and then more yeah that you would expect Superb. definitely so as well as Fermata, mm-hmm. what other kind of projects have you been up to in the last sort of few months years well they're just this this month really I, everything this year has been about big video installations and stuff so i did one that i haven't really put live yet well it was for a company that looks at commodity prices in real time but to the level of on the the oil tankers or the the freight tankers and um they asked me to they were having a big oil conference at the mayfair hotel in london and they had this special system called an igloo and it's a 360 degree projection with five projectors and uh, so it's eight thousand pixels wide technically thousand pixels high and they asked me to do a, a sort of data visualization that would was a video and they gave me data and i visualized three thousand shipping routes ship tankers uh, of all the world's shipping routes and did like typography and so i put this video together with all this data it was all obviously in real time relative to so that was a lot of fun working out i like doing stuff that i've not done before so i'd never done a an 8k video for a 360 degree projection you know so i don't think many people probably no yeah so it's and and do that in a way that is you know all generated by data it's one thing doing it in after effects or premiere but then how do you create that in in software that i've written so that was a that was really really great and a lot of work i was working on it while i was in new york till like 5 a.m and uh most nights while I was there because the deadline was kind of insane um, but the end result you know the client loved it uh, so there was then there was Fermata uh, yeah did a jigsaw the retail clothing company I did a little piece for them for their press day about chaos and order and built this electronic thing that uh, the journalists could use to control the display where it went from chaos to order right. and it was a, yeah, a mathematical thing and oh, yeah also a, 
Airbnb was a big one for me last year at the Sundance Film Festival. Okay, what was that, what was uh, that about? I saw, I saw the installation. Uh, yeah, so that, that was, they'd seen, I think, it, I guess the point with this is that you need to put the work out there that you want to make. Um, I did this thing called the Happiness Machine for myself many years ago, and it, you press a button and it prints out a little receipt of happiness from happiness things collected from blogs. And it, it went round the internet quite a bit and was on a lot of blogs, and I, but I made it for myself. And then eventually Airbnb got in touch and they have this thing at the Sundance Film Festival where they take over a whole house, they call, they call it the Airbnb house, big brand exercise where people can go and hang out and have amazing coffee and there's different installations. But the, the main installation they wanted, uh, originally they just wanted the happiness machine to be sat in a corner. And I think when you're doing this kind of work, you, you can push back a bit and go, you know, I think we can do something else. So I said... I can definitely do that, but why don't I do something a bit bigger, the happiness machine on steroids sort of thing. So um, we came up with this idea of 12 of these printers that were suspended from the ceiling, internet connected, and people could SMS in a story. It was all about local neighbourhood, the particular theme this year. Yeah. And people could SMS in uh, stories about people they'd met or a great coffee shop or something that changed their life or it can be really trivial stuff or big stuff it didn't really matter and it was all done via sms and then visitors would go and they would press a button on any of these 12 printers it would spit out the these little receipts of printed things very cute there was like and there was the printers were colored two specific colors and we ended up with 5,000 stories in a week Wow. It wasn't publicised outside of the house. You couldn't. It wasn't an internet thing. It was, you know. So you had to be there. Yeah, you had to be there. You yeah. had to see the phone number there. It wasn't shared outside. So even though that it wasn't, it was an internal thing. It had five thousand stories, and they were all then pinned up on the ropes that were yeah. suspending the printers. So you ended up with this jungle of stories, and and the thing was. The stories were all really good. There were some amazing stuff. They weren't just like, hello world. They were really in-depth, some of them. And um, I think it just shows you, I think, how you put a mechanism out there for people to be able to tell stories and do it in a way that is easy. Yeah. So you didn't have to log on to a website. You didn't have to do any of that. It was SMS, text messaging. Everyone knows how to do it. And um, people will share stuff. And, and it also, it was fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. So you had people who didn't submit a story and just wanted to receive a story, or it worked both ways or one way. or Yeah, and it was at Sundance, so I went to Sundance, and it was snowing constantly. Um, yeah, so because it's, it's near Salt Lake City. So, But yeah, it was a great experience and great brand to work with, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now that is really good, really, really good. I think um, I love conferences. I mean, I, you know, mm. I've done conferences myself. I, I love attending conferences. I haven't haven't been to actually that many recently. And I know Sundance. I'd love to go to Sundance. Yeah, yeah. And, and an SXSW, yeah. which I think you've said you've yeah, been I've been to. been to a few times. Yeah. And would you recommend that? Yeah, that one is is kind of insane. The amount of people now. It's I think huge. Isn't yeah, it? I think when I the last time I went was a few years ago now, but that was thirteen thousand. The inter just the interactive, which is now the biggest part of South by Southwest um, <laughs> I would recommend you'd be alright because you don't drink but you basically get a liver replacement when you come back it's couple it's, of beers it's a bit insane because you don't pay for a drink for a week there's that many free parties and brands giving you drinks all the time so you need to be careful that you pace yourself uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness it's kind of nuts take it uh, steady yeah take Make, it steady or basically 
yeah, don't drink is is my advice because it's uh, can be lethal. But it's a yeah, it's great. There's a lot of people there. Some really interesting stuff and superb. So, what's a, what's a normal day look like for you now? So you're, you're traveling a little bit. Mm-hmm. You do that. If you're at home in the office, we were chatting yeah. a bit earlier about kind of. Um, how we work so I'd, yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and you told me about your your restaurant chitty system <laughs> yeah. that, that's chitty c-a yeah, yeah. chitty system which you have on your desk yeah. So yeah so that's that's above my desk so yeah you know chefs have these check on things um and i i do i do like a list but i wanted and i you know i think making a list of what you're going to do that day it works for me and I was you know cross out things once you've done them at the end of the day it's good you work through that list but I thought how could I make it more visible and more physical I guess and of course chefs have these check on things these grab tab things I think they're called and they're really cheap you know get them on Amazon or whatever for like eight quid and they're just they're really clever as well they're actually marbles inside and you push the paper in and the marble it's so simple um and you get the special chitty pieces of paper because it's a certain thick, it's quite thin. And de- again, dirt cheap. Um, and yeah, I, at the beginning of the day, or even the night before, I write out on each one a, a task, a very specific task. So you don't write on each one a massive list. Each one is a specific thing that you know you can do. And I put those up and in the morning I've got this row of stuff. As it's sat above me, I can visually see it without opening a book or anything or an app or and and then I work through that list and rather than take it off I I then cross them out so at the end of the day I've got this you know I can see what the work that I've done the achievement of the day yeah yeah it's sort of and it's just it's just nice and it worked that's that's my thing I know you know there's lots of different I know Seinfeld does that thing where he he has a massive wall calendar of every day of the year and he he has to mark a cross every day and the cross represents him having written something and it can be like a sentence and that means he can mark a cross and he gets addicted to having no gaps yeah you know so it's it's, it's yeah it's habit and I, I, that's what i love about the chitty thing as for you know i mean my day starts with um coffee or tea it's usually a coffee good man um i love tea though i'm a big tea fan so in the afternoon in the tea. afternoon yeah. yeah well well actually no in the morning i have a tea with my wife uh, but in the in the office, I would have a, a coffee. I go to the gym. I go to spinning class uh, four times a week. And if someone had told me three years ago that I would do that, I'd think they're crazy. Um, but I got yeah. I, I started you know like many. I, I joined a gym years ago, and it was really boring. And then I got invited to one of the classes, and then eventually someone said we should come to spinning, and loved it so much that and it it gets me. One, it's made me fitter. Still need to lose more weight, but oh, it's got pretty lean, pretty good. Yeah, it's just my muffin top needs yeah. to go, but um, I need to cut out bread and stuff like that. But it it gets me away from the desk and it clears my mind and it it sets me up for the rest of the day and it's I I don't really miss it if I don't go. Yeah. Um, so I do that and then yeah, it's I I and I kind of work in bursts. You know, I think you know I I try and take regular breaks. I think it's important. Even if it's just 15 minutes, you know, go outside, make a drink, yeah. um, you know, so otherwise, I mean, it's it's good when you get into the whole flow of things, you can be there like for four hours, five hours, and it's, and that's fine too, but I do try and take regular breaks. A lot of people say to me, oh, I couldn't work at home, you know, I'd be, have the telly on, and well, 
you don't have the telly on for one. I also treat it... I hate this thing where people say, oh, I'd love to work at home. I'd be in my dressing gown all the time. And I just think, you lazy get. I mean, it's, you're not a student, you know? I'll tell, tell you what, I saw someone in a dressing gown and slippers in the supermarket. Really, yeah. The other day. It was a sad day yeah, for humanity. Yeah, I know. Really See, I, I'm... Look, I mean, people can work however they want. I don't care. But... I think you have to go into kind of a work mode. It's kind of a discipline thing for it me. It is discipline. And, yeah. you, and it's your, cho- your choice yeah. to be what you do at home. Mm. And of course, if you're working from home, yeah. you've, got to do, you've got to be productive. You've got to deliver mm. what you are trying to achieve, whether Absolutely. that's for yourself or your clients. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, and if you want to work, at, if your best period for working is, you know, 10 at night or early hours of the morning, great. Um, but also, you know, I don't overdo it as well. I, you know finish at five or six and you know and and that's that's how i i choose to work i i take an hour for lunch you know the work i another one other thing i will say is do not eat lunch at your desk ever no it's one it's unhygienic because that keyboard can tell stories if you do that it's horrific but that point away whether if your office is upstairs go downstairs and and you know so i will I'm, you know, currently I'm watching Better Call Saul, you know, so I'll watch that on a Tuesday, um, or I'll watch Mr. Working Through Mr. Robot currently, so, you know, and it's, I take an hour out, and oftentimes, if I'm having a problem with some code or something, that's when, you, or I'm trying to figure something out, that's when the idea will hit, when you, you shut off, yeah. and your subconscious does some magic. It relaxes. Yeah, you relax, and... Yeah. You step away. It's important to step away. So, yeah, that's kind of my day, really. Excellent. And tools of the trade. So you're a Mac guy? Yeah. Have been a Mac guy for... Ever. Yeah. I've never I've never owned a PC. Not that I have anything against PCs, but, yeah, just a Mac feels right for me. And what are you... What are you what's the sort of software you're using on a sort of daily basis and for the, and for the actual work, the, the kind yeah. of... The, Tell us a little bit about the... Okay, so the, the work is usually made in a thing called Processing, which is uh, free. Um, it was made um, many years ago uh, by Casey Reese and uh, Ben, um, whose name escapes me, that's terrible. I'll come back to that. Um, but they were at MIT, and they came off the back of John Mader's course at the Media Lab, and they created this piece of software. It was all about helping artists create work with code and uh, it's an open source thing and it's gone on to become this thing where people have created commercial work and applications and uh, and I've it's kind of core to my uh, how I work uh, open frameworks is another open source uh, piece of software that I've used to make work equally great that's C++ so the other one's Java uh, and then I use you know so I use Sublime Text as a text editor I absolutely love that you know as you'll know you you get used to you have muscle memory of with these apps I've recently got into so you know real hardcore coders they will they won't use a text editor they will use Vim you know um, command line Tech based text editor. I've never used Vim. Well, I've, I I forced myself to do a course in it because you can use kind of Vim mode in Sublime and it's it's crazy powerful because you're not you don't lift your hands off the keyboard. Okay. It's all done you know because oftentimes you find you selecting things with the mouse otherwise. Where once you understand some of the basics, but you have to keep it up. You have to keep learning it. So that's that's been great. Love learning new stuff like that. Yeah, me too. And uh, yes, and and then productivity-wise, 
You know, I have things like um, a default folder, a thing called Fresh, which I mentioned before, which tells you, shows you recently changed files, so you don't go have to go searching over your computer, and that's brilliant. Dropbox is like at the core of powers everything. everything. Powers everything. I'm also a big backup geek. Yeah. So I so do. What, off- are you, what are you using? I use Backblaze. Which is yeah. So yeah. as offsite backup, I then have Time Machine as a backup in the office. I also then have a every night there's a clone made of my machine on another disc. So if I fire up the machine and it's you know broke, the hard drive's knackered. Plug other hard drive in, carry off, on. Off and running. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. And then Dropbox is you know kind of duplicates things, but it's, it's not a backup system. But so those three things you know things re- yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's your work. Yeah, you know. want to be productive. Don't yeah. You? And enjoy yeah. it. And enjoy it. And it's... So I want those things to do the job, but kind of get out of the way. And uh, and then I have... I, I set my windows up a certain way. So I have apps. There's a wink, one called Size Up. Yeah, I've seen Yeah, that. which is really great. You press a few keyboard commands and it positions windows a certain position. And so, yeah. And so things like that. It's just you kind of have a routine and uh, and then it allows you to get on with the work and in a, in a kind of efficient way and but still allow you to play and uh, you know so those things don't get in the way of you know setting things up I think half the time you know people just move files about for the fun of it you know it's you know, I've seen it happen at agencies you know and not getting any work done you know it's like that slack is like that to me I hate slack it's like to me it's just noise I was on a project with where a slack was at the center of it and I'm I'm pretty convinced that people thought they were working when they were just posting stuff on slack that was my personal experience I think for some people it obviously works but I hated it I think this can be very noisy yeah if you don't sort of lock Mm. it down in terms of notification or depending on what channels you're on I've used it before but Mm. less and less these days and you obviously love what you do Mm -hmm. and we've talked about before that the importance of loving what you do yeah and how how that can be almost life-changing and that we you know we are we are not infinite being slightly philosophical I get the words out here. I'm going to, I'm going to mispronounce this. So I, won't, I might not Philosophical. Bother. Thank yeah. you. You read my mind. That we're not here forever. Yeah. So it's important to love what you do. Spend time doing what you love. Mm-hmm. Spend time with people that you like. Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's a big thing, I think, isn't it? And and it sort of it becomes. I've, I often get asked, you know, what's bits of advice, whether it's on business or life. And I think that's one of my things I say the most often is, do you really enjoy everything that you do every day? And okay, that's impossible in a lot of cases. But if people are going to work in a job mm. that they don't like, it's, it's life changing to actually do something you love, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, it, it's a privilege, is what it is, because majority of people can't do that. You know, um, and and I'm not one of these people who I think the idea of you know you see it on Instagram all the time, usually multicolored messages that say do what you love or you know it, a lot for a lot of people it just it it's too simple a message and I think life is way more complex than that and it doesn't bear you know got mortgage to pay or you know I don't know and now I've you know I've I've worked I worked in a factory for eight years you know before I got. Before I mean, I only got into design when I was, you know, uh, thirty, um, or just before actually. So um, professionally, at least. So, you know, I worked. I've, I've done horrible jobs, but so when you get a job that it's not like working, and this this is not, uh, it you you don't get complacent about it. 
and uh, yeah, so which yeah, is why yeah, it? yeah, it's an it's an absolute privilege. So, but I, you know, it's it's often it's it's patronising for me to oh yeah, just do what you love, give up your job. It's you know, there's obviously other factors involved, but yeah. it's a good goal to have. Absolutely, it's an it's an absolute privilege. So I, I'm I'm very lucky, and yeah, we are here for a very short length of time. I was listening to an in our time thing like yesterday. It was all about neutrinos and you know and. You realise how insignificant we are on this, this this rock that's hurling through space. So yeah, it is important to spend time. You know, don't spend time with idiots. I mean, it's it's, it's just a waste of time. And you know, and I have a massive filter of people. That said, you know, I, I've I've learned to not prejudge people too quickly. You can make mis- mistakes. I think people. You know what? Yeah, and I think I find a lot of people when they may be acting like idiots a lot of it comes from fear and i think people are afraid to show the true selves or be honest or and if you break that down you can often find that that person is actually pretty decent you know so that's i try and hold on to that that there are most people are actually good but yeah it's uh, you know but i try and i'm lucky to work with just you know clients and who are amazing i'm about to work with massive global conglomerate who you know you might think well surely they're just faceless and but you know what the people at the level that I'm working at and good people they're good they they want to make great work and you have to you know this, here's the thing right I don't care who it is CEO or whoever they have a heart yeah. and they have emotions and I don't care who you are art especially communicates with these people and you have to kind of you know, remember that that they're just you know. Everybody's human. Everybody's Everybody human. They say, yeah, exactly. We're not we're not robotic yet. <laughs> no, no. I mean, obviously, some people are more empathetic than others. So I try and you know, I'm trying not to. The other thing I've learned as well that my wife has taught me: don't answer that snotty email straight away. <laughs> that's that's actually that's probably if you remember one yeah. thing from uh, this show, um, this episode. Yeah. That's a great one. That is the Pause, one. Pause, breathe, yeah. shut down the yeah. email client. Yeah. And even go and get, yeah, go and yeah, get Yeah, because I've been there, there and done that. And and then, you know, 10 minutes later, you go, no, actually, I think they had a point. And, oh, oh you, you've rephrased your reply in a way that isn't horrible. Because, you know, and, and it's so knee-jerk often email. Yeah. So I've, my wife was always like, just give it half an hour. And then, you know, you calm down. Luckily, I don't really get those kind of emails anymore. But it's a good... I'll make you a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> and, you can have some, and you can have some cake. Yeah, this I, is it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good one to remember that. I do, basically, listen. I should just listen to Lisa, my wife, more. She she's like a, wisely. Oh, you know, she's brilliant. Yeah, she's ace. Wisely. She's super wise. She always says she knows best, and she's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you say yeah yeah, yeah. that's a good idea <laughs> um so what does the rest of the year hold anything on the horizon you mentioned big project with a big company yeah. so that's kind of ongoing um travel so a couple of the, the speaking yeah gigs. yeah are you going, um, away, going anywhere where would you like to go in the world have you got anything planned south of france uh, absolutely love that part of the world um so yeah we're there in september and it's just a place where we same village we go to and it's just beautiful and uh, tiny and quiet and uh, yeah and so that's cool this thing in Detroit's quite interesting I still I think I'm gonna go it depends on the on this project but um, it's an invitation only thing and it's about hardware so they get 
a hundred people they invite from people like companies like Apple and Amazon and IDO and, and we have a kind of symposium where we all show our work and get together and geek and out a bit. geek out and I think then there's three days of making in the Henry Ford Museum in Detroit. That sounds so it, it, yeah, it's special. Yeah, it's whether it's gonna fit in now with this project that I'm hopefully gonna get the green light on. So it might clash but I do want to go. That could uh, be a clause in the contract. Yeah, yeah. It, hopefully we'd I'd be able to do both. But uh, So, yeah, there's that. And then a, a, this Something Good Festival in um, Bristol in October. It's a new conference. And I'm speaking at that along with Morag Maisko and Anthony Burrell and uh, some other great, really, the lineup is fantastic. So it's an honour to, you know, and those, those people are my heroes. So... Brilliant. Uh, it's it's nice to um, yeah, and uh, yeah, a lot of the times I make some really great friends at these these conferences. So we've yeah. kept in touch. Yeah, since, absolutely. Since, yeah, since twenty ten. Yeah, and it, well, it's that thing you know you filter out you know the people you don't want to meet and you know or spend time any more time with, and that's that's fine. So you made it through, John. So, <laughs> I, I'm thanking my lucky Likewise, stars. I made it through. We, we, no, we, it's, we've it's got good. through that. Yeah. So yeah, that's and yeah, various projects and. Uh, cancer research one at the minute uh, I did a data visualisation for them last year and yeah. they came back to me this year and want another one for the same research annual that they do every year that goes out to all the researchers so Brilliant. I'm currently working on, on that at the minute actually very yeah. good so just wrapping up one of the things we've been chatting about over lunch we, we, we tend to sort of go off on all sorts of tangents mm. about just um cool things that we've kind of seen yeah. got our eyes on um used bought whether mm. that's services products um anything that's grabbed your eye right now anything you've seen yeah well i'm a big i'm a big sort of pen and pencil geek and i've started to get into well, my, my writing was terrible because i just didn't write anymore you know i'd print you know because the rest is all you know with a keyboard and and I thought this is this is rubbish, and so I started to teach myself to write again. And I got, I started to look up fountain pens, and and then the thing is that I bought this, seen it online. I thought, what's a cheap fountain pen that's like brilliant? And there's a three quid. It's made. It's a platinum preppy pen. It's three pounds, and this thing's amazing. And it, it, the reviews are like, I can't believe this is three quid. Um, and then you sort of, you then you offshoot into the world of ink. And realise that there's there's a wonderful company in Liverpool called Diamine, I think they're called, family run, and they do all these amazing, beautiful inks. So, started to now I've got a box with different inks in, and um, bought a Japanese fountain pen that's you know 15 quid that I carry around with me because it's it's sort of a miniature one. It's it's made for portable, so that's made by Oto Oto. O H T O. We'll put these in the link. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, really, and it's beautiful because I've showed it to my brother-in-law, and he he opened it, pulled it apart, and he was like, "Oh my god!" And he there's the me this the mechanism of pushing and pulling the thing open and close is really, really sweet. It's got a little piece of rubber on it, and it's just very nice to do. Those details is what details I matter. yeah I I really love. Outside of that, you know, Muji Muji pens are amazing. Uh, the gel pens in particular I really yeah. love and for writing in there's um, the Midori there's one there's an A5 one that's really lovely um, and it folds flat on your desk which is really nice I, I have a Smiveson Panama um, featherweight notebook which has been going like 100 years 
Um, the paper is this, this is what I geek out on. The paper is made by a special paper mill that makes banknotes made by the Royal Mint. Only they can make this featherweight paper. So the beauty of a feather the featherweight paper is there's 128 pages in it, but it's so thin that you can get a lot of pages in a very small space. Right. But yeah, it's made in such a way that you can use fountain pens and it doesn't bleed through. Uh, it's all watermarks. It's all gilt edged. So, you know, these these things, you know, a, a Panama notebook's 45 quid, which when you tell people, you go, are you insane? <laughs> but they're like leather bound. And, you know, as you know, you know, you're a fan of Smiteson yourself and it's, yep. their products are, are beautiful. So I love, I love those. Uh, and then we, anything yeah. that you use all the time. Yeah. It's worth having something yeah. you absolutely yeah. love. Yeah. So I, I guess that's whether it's a phone or yeah. shoes yeah. or a notebook or a pen. Exactly. And with the Smithson, it, it gets better with age because you fold it and bend it and it's made in such a way that it just takes on that patina of, of use, uh, which digital never has and never will have. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the shoes I love. Um, North- these, are, these are pretty funky. Yeah, I, I love them. The Northampton Sneaker Company, NSC Ones. They're a new startup, all made in England. Northampton is the world centre, shoe capital of the world. Yep. I own a pair of Crockett and Jones, a couple of pairs, and, and so they're made in the same city as those, and churches, of course, people like yep. that. All made with this, handmade. It takes eight days to make one pair. They look very um, smart. And they're, they're, they're beautiful, you know, I love them. So, yeah, I guess what we're talking about, really, is that attention to detail, the, the time to... It's not about making things on mass or at speed. Well, you know, obviously Muji pens are made on mass, but there's something. But they still just, get something right. Yeah, they, it's they're really, it's the utilitarian nature of them done in a beautiful way, which is what Muji is about. They're very, it's all very utilitarian, but it's done in a way that is, I think, kind of beautiful. And this, you know, so the same with you know luxury goods as well. But it can be, you know, my my friend said, life's too short to own an ugly pencil. You apply that to everything in your life. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, and it does that, and it's not about luxury spending money. It's about taking time to look at the detail and enjoy the detail. You know, I was saying to my wife the other day, I bought when we were in Paris earlier in the year. We went to this amazing flea market. I bought a ruler for five euros. That was a wooden ruler. It said Cafe Maurice on. I don't know where that's from. I use it every day, and and that now, and it's not a particularly artisan ruler or anything. But it's, that has a memory associated with it. It means so much more than a ruler that I bought in, you know, Ryman's or something. Um, so those, you know, I would encourage anyone to just take a moment to... These things that surround us, just make sure they are as special as they can be to you, whether that's a luxury thing, a well-made thing, or a means something more to you, I think. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, that's massively important. Brent, thank you so much Pleasure. for today meeting up. It's been absolutely It's been great to see you. Catching up, and uh, I know we've got tons more we could be talking yeah. about. We might actually be here all day yeah. at this rate. But, um, <laughs> I think we're going to get kicked out of the pod eventually. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming on the pleasure. show, and uh, really look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, thanks, John. Been a pleasure. Thank you. The Remarkable Business Show. 
I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Brent is an interesting guy, isn't he? And there's a few people in this world where you know you're going to spend some time with them and you have a great time and you talk and you listen and you come away inspired and you could happily do it again every single day. And Bren is one of those people. So thank you so much, Bren, for appearing on the show. If you want to connect with Bren, head on over to Twitter and look for at Brendan Dawes and say hello and that you've listened to him on the show. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. This episode's quote is from a guy called Kevin Rose, and I'm sure some of you recognise the name. Kevin was the founder of Dig, one of the most influential and successful websites um, a few years ago. Kevin is a technology investor now at True Ventures and a serial entrepreneur, and he currently serves on the board of directors at a few companies, including Hodinkee, which is a superb website all about watches. Previously, as I just said, Kevin founded Dig, Revision 3, and was also a general partner at Google Ventures, so he kind of knows his stuff. He also happens to have a terrific podcast called The Kevin Rose Show, which I highly recommend, well worth looking up and subscribing to. So what's his quote? Don't spend too much time planning, release early and often, some things will work, others won't, refine and move forward, and above all, forget the money, just make sure you love what you're doing. Now you can faff about way too much with some projects and if you're not careful you get six months down the line and guess what? Nothing's happened. Not good. I've had a little bit of a side project in my mind for just over a year now and it's just coming to fruition and I'm pretty excited about it. If you want to have a sneak peek head on over to the website stelv.io that's s-t-e-l-v dot i-o and sign up and you'll be first to know when it launches. I'm pretty happy with that domain name. This episode of The Remarkable Business Show is brought to you by Basecamp, my very favourite project management software. Now, just to make it clear, Basecamp are not officially sponsoring the show. I think I'm a little bit too small for that right now, but you never know in the future. David, Jason, if you're hearing this, let me know. I'm open to offers. Basecamp's a brilliant bit of software. I've been using it on and off for the past 10 years, and I've been using it a lot in the past 6 to 12 months. And to be honest, I really couldn't do without it. Basecamp's a very simple bit of software. It manages your projects. And all growing businesses, they tend to run into the same fundamental problems. There's just too much going on and there's too much email and stuff slips through the cracks. Basecamp solves a lot of the problems. Everything's in one organised place. Everybody can be on the same page. Projects get off the ground faster. You know exactly what's going on. You free up time to spend doing something more worthwhile so you don't have to do as many meetings. And there's a lot of great stats um, from the Basecamp guys. 89% have a better handle on their businesses. 84% of people using Basecamp report more self-sufficient teams. And 59% of people have fewer weekly meetings. Now that's a big win in itself. It's got some really nice features like notifications, focus mode. You can um, get a sort of overview of what's been going on every morning and it's just a joy to use. You've got an Android app, an iOS app, you can use it online, it's got a Mac app as well. It's constantly open when I'm working throughout the day and it just kind of works. It's lovely. So I want you guys to give it a go. Now the good news is that Basecamp have a referral program. So if you use this link, johnm.me slash lovebasecamp, 
you get $50 off and you also get 30 days free trial as well. So I really do recommend it. I'd love to hear how you get on. So the link to use is johnm.me slash lovebasecamp and you get $50 credit on your account. And if you stick around for a couple of months, I actually get some credit as well. So I would be very grateful of course, if you give it a go and let me know what you think. Are you on Twitter? Then follow John at John Moss. That just about wraps it up for episode six. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate your valuable time. And if it's your first time here, a special bonus thanks to you. You can send me an email, john at johnmoss.co.uk. That's John with no H. I'd love to hear what you think about the show, how I can improve. And also, especially anybody you'd like me to try and get on the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please let somebody know. Send them a message or an email or tweet about the show. I would be eternally grateful. You can share this episode easily by clicking a link in your podcast app and sharing and also on the web if you're listening to it online in a browser. There's a share link at the top of every page. Thank you very much. Also, please leave an honest review for the show on iTunes or Stitcher. Ratings and reviews are super helpful and they make a real difference for the show's visibility and hopefully getting some more listeners if you love this content. Anything you write down in a review, I promise I will read. Until next time, enjoy life and make every day count. Don't miss the Bulletin newsletter. Head on over to www.theappleofmyeye.com newsletter and sign up. You get a terrific free ebook too.